It's 1240. Here at Illinois Public Media, we'd like to talk to other people to find out what their problems and concerns are. We often hold our own community conversation meetings, but last night we decided to attend one held by Champaign Unit for Schools. The school districts hold quarterly suppers with the superintendent. They invite members of the public to meet with local school officials. Illinois Public Media's Sean Powers and Jim Meadows joined that conversation in Champaign last night, and they're here with me now in the studio. Thanks for joining me. And Jim, let me first ask you, how was this structured and maybe different from some of the conversations we're used to having? Well, in connection with our WYLL community conversations where we essentially sit down and ask questions of people that talk to us, this was uh, similarly informal, except that there were um, there were many school officials and, of course, uh, the members of the public attending. And you could think of it like a reception. There was... Um, not supper, but there was a dessert being served out at the uh, the Hilton Garden Inn, and uh, it was really a chance for, for people to gather around and talk on a one-to-one basis. There were also some activities uh, made available for, uh, for children of parents, both for the children, uh, but also to give some parents ideas of some of the inexpensive things you can do to, to spur learning with your kids. And who all was involved in this? You, you got to talk to some of the school officials as well. Well, the, um, we, uh, the, the superintendent of the Unit 4 district, uh, Judy Weekin, was there. The uh, uh, various assistant superintendents, uh, specifically in charge of uh, grade schools, middle schools, and high schools were there. Uh, there were people there from uh, various other, uh, various other uh, units of uh, of of learning at Unit 4. Saw some school board members. Even a school board candidate was uh, there this evening. And this uh, discussion included a couple of the hot topics, ongoing discussion, uh, the, the feedback of some, some of the parents that went through these school officials. Well, that's one thing I heard about from talking to some of the school officials and the feedback they've been getting uh, recently. Um, one of those areas, uh, just in the wake of the shootings in Newtown, Connecticut, uh, Superintendent Judy Weekin says... Uh, a lot of people have been coming up and asking her um, where where things stand on school security in uh, in in Unit Four, and uh, she's noting at this point that the middle and high schools at Unit Four have school resource officers. They are police officers who do carry a weapon, maybe not quite the same thing as a constant armed guards, but but they are there on a. <clears throat> But they are there on duty throughout the day. She did note that she has not, uh, to date, received uh, any requests that uh, that a constant armed guard be put in all the schools. And the future of the high school uh, situation is another issue that's coming. Uh, certainly, and this is something where uh, things are still under discussion. There's certainly no conclusions reached. But it's uh, something that both uh, Superintendent Weekend and also School Board Member Jamar Brown that I talked to said they've been they've been getting a, a lot of questions and, and comments about uh, a couple of uh, consensus feelings I I had heard from uh, first uh, Superintendent Weekend who noted that uh, uh, people want a, a a central high school to be physically central in the area and. Maybe a little concerned that uh, that a new high school to replace the current Champaign Central might go off um, to the uh, to the to the edge of Champaign Urbana. The challenge is uh, finding a big enough piece of real estate in the center of Champaign uh, to make things work. Uh, Jamar Brown told me that uh, people have told him that they like the idea of having 
just two high schools, not three. If there was a third high school added, maybe for uh, a specialty uh, subject like vocational education. I'll turn now to Sean Powers. You talked to uh, Maria Alanis, uh, ESL bilingual and learn world languages educator. This, the issue that you discussed uh, with me earlier was about 90 students from the Congo at, uh, attending Unit 4. Yeah, well, you know, initially when we went there, um, one, one of the things that really stood out to me was that there were a group of people uh, who served as interpreters uh, at this event, people who spoke Taiwanese, Spanish, French, available to help uh, with parents who may not be able to speak English or speak it very well. Uh, and so they were on hand um, in that role. And, you know, currently Champagne Unit 4 has more than 700 students enrolled from all over the world. Uh, those students come from uh, about 77 countries, I believe, last uh, figure I saw. And so Unit 4 is really working to try to get all those students up to speed with English through uh, second uh, language and bilingual education programs. Now, I did speak with uh, Maria, and she is the director of ESL Bilingual and World Language at uh, Unit 4. A challenge she said she's confronted with is trying to help uh, some of those students who are learning English but may not have uh, the best skills when it comes to their native language. So in particular, she mentioned that there are about 90 students at Unit 4 who are refugees from the Congo, many of whom um, haven't had a proper education, and they grew up speaking French, but they may not be able to write it or speak it very well. So when you're confronted with that, the challenge of trying to work with them in their native language um, and uh, transition to English, can, it can be a challenge. So it's something she's really thinking about. Now, um, one of the things I asked her, uh, and this is something that's on my mind because I'm doing a story right now looking at Urbana's dual language program, but I asked her if uh, Champagne is considering adding a dual language curriculum uh, in its schools, and that's where you put English-speaking, native English-speaking and native Spanish-speaking primarily students in the same classroom, and the, the objective is to get them to be biliterate and bilingual. And she said that's not something that Unit 4 is doing right now, but um, it's, it's something potentially worth pursuing down the road. And we're going to be doing um, some uh, report next week on uh, Urbana's dual language program. Another issue you brought up was special education and the rise in autism cases, and you talked a bit with Elizabeth Degree, Director of Special Education at uh, Unit 4. Yeah, uh, and, you know, she told me essentially the process of, uh, process of identifying whether a student has a learning disability has changed quite a bit uh, at Unit 4. Uh, for years, the school district has assessed a student based on what's known as the ability achievement discrepancy. That's where students must show a severe uh, discrepancy between their IQ scores and achievement, uh, uh, academic achievement. Um, through standardized testing. Uh, but she said the problem with that method was that there were students who may have needed extra help with a learning disability who just weren't being identified. So now the school district has changed, has made some changes to assessment. Uh, Unit 4 is uh, looking at students uh, through a process called response to intervention, uh, where Degree says it, it's good, essentially, because you're being able to um, find more kids who need that extra help and um, support them. The other thing she mentioned, which uh, was kind of interesting, was that she said there has been, at least in the last five years or so, um, an uptick in the number of uh, students with um, autism. And, and we asked her, Jim and I both asked her, you know, is that because autism is just, there's better uh, methods now of treating it and addressing it? And she said, no, she just thinks more kids, at least from her perspective, have mm -hmm. autism and there's been a rise um, in that mm. student body. Not just a matter of more being diagnosed, but actually more kids suffering from autism More kids, there. yep. 
Uh, back to turning back to Jim. Uh, not only was there dessert last night, but there was entertainment, and you were both impressed by the uh, performance by the Edison Middle School Jazz Band. My uh, my subjective <laughs> opinion as a former jazz DJ during a time when I heard a lot <laughs> of school jazz bands, uh, the Edison Middle School Jazz Band. This was one of one of their three units. is It's it's quite a good unit, and uh, the section work and the drive from the rhythm section for middle school kids was very impressive. I talked a little moment with Michael Lemon. And uh, also with uh, a couple of the parents of uh, the baritone sax player in in the band, and a uh, really interesting unit in the uh, the the progress they're getting in uh, what's really an extracurricular activity uh, there. They they performed there that night at uh, the supper for the superintendent. And a few of the parents we talked to, at least I, I spoke to, um, they couldn't really compare other elementary schools or other high schools or other school districts as well in terms of their music departments. But they said Champaign definitely has something special that um, is really drawing uh, these kids into the program. And when can we expect Unit 4 to have another one of these uh, discussions? They don't have one sp- uh, a specific firm date yet, but they do hold these quarterly, and they plan to hold their next one in the spring. All right, Illinois Public Media's Sean Powers and Jim Meadows, thanks for coming in to this afternoon. Thank Welcome. you.